Hello, and welcome to Aliens and Moonbeams, a podcast about being foreign in Japan and other places too. I'm your host, Jess. In today's episode, we pick up where we left off, in Tokyo. If you caught the last episode, you'll know I moved here in an attempt to follow my dreams. For the last three and a half years, I'd worked primarily as an English teacher in the lovely city of Sendai. That era is over, for the most part. Since moving, a lot has happened. More than I expected to document in a podcast. The last few months have been filled with extreme ups, heavy downs, and more diagonals that I care to try to understand. It's become a kind of practice to throw myself into unknown and unfamiliar situations. Like biting your lip and diving into Lake Winnipesaukee in April or May when you know it's still too cold. You either resurface crying or feeling like a badass. Let's call this episode Tokyo Glow. Big job. Amateur AV actress needed. Volunteer your help. We'll reward you with a case of wine. Partner for an attic gig. Looking for jobs on Craigslist isn't for the faint-hearted. The first few days I sent so many snaps to my friends of all the weird job offers I was finding. But after weeks of skimming through it, it kind of becomes male with muscle thighs wanted translator for film festival vegan bloggers wanted virtual assistant needed mongoose ketchup for immediate hire wait i scroll back up oh hey there editing job click open in gmail pour my professional heart out in a short email with all my links t's crossed Eyes dotted. Send. Nothing happens right away. And the scrolling begins again. Vegan bloggers wanted. Vegan bloggers wanted. Translator bloggers A few days later, I got a response. Two responses, actually. Two editing jobs responded to my email. Okay. So maybe this whole dream thing can work after all? I mean, when I think about it, I, I get excited. You know, I think, oh, cool, getting out of Sendai, moving to the big city, uh, you know, where all that awesome fish food is that you won't eat and, or can't eat. <laughs> um, you know, I'm just excited for your, your new uh, endeavors, you know, and how they work out. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. Are you doing the dishes? <laughs> I'm just cleaning. Sorry. Oh, you're recording now. Yeah, I'm recording it. So, you know, uh, go in with the bare essentials, uh, with a little bit of flavor on top, and it should be good to go. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Dad. I mean, you know what you're doing. Yeah. Good luck. I think that you're approaching a important transition. I think you're going to be fine. Really? 
Yeah. You're already doing so so many amazing things. You know? This next step should be exciting, not <laughs> I know, scary. I don't know. It is exciting, but still, like, it's, it's, I mean, it's really exciting, but it's just scary. A little scary. I know. I know. Anything new is scary. Well, this is your opportunity to, to do what you really want to do. So just, you know, don't hold back. Go for it all totally, 110%. <laughs> and if it doesn't work out, it it's timing. It doesn't mean yeah. that you're not going to get there. It just means the timing is not right. Okay. I have to go shower. That's on the podcast now. By some stroke of luck, I passed the first interview stage for each job. The next step was a trial day. Of course, that's when some things came into my life that I hadn't originally made room for. Well, somebody that I hadn't originally made room for. The night before my second job trial should have been spent drinking my favorite lemon tea with no caffeine and getting a good night's sleep. Instead, I stayed up all night talking and wading through confusing feelings and trying to understand what that meant for the two of us, to no avail. When I left the apartment the next morning, I put in my headphones, but all I could hear was our conversation from the night before on repeat. I arrived early. The building was tall. The kind of tall where you can't see the top. You have to tilt your head all the way back until it hurts. 13th floor. I swayed in the elevator as it went up. Popped my ears. When I reached the 13th floor, they gave me a special ID so I could enter the area. There were windows everywhere. You could see the sky tree, the Tokyo Tower, bits of the ocean, everything. They showed me my desk with a Mac and a bunch of raw footage to sift through. The girl next to me helped me get started. Perhaps it was my exhaustion, but I wanted to tell her everything. That I was running on empty, had had little to no sleep, that I had to keep thinking of that gif of a dog drinking coffee in a burning house to disrupt the conversation loop in my head that had me questioning my sanity. But I kept my thoughts to myself and focused on the job. I spent 10 hours editing, smiling too much, overcompensating for the knot of confusion and hurt that I was sure was apparent on my face. At the end of the day, the boss asked me to come to her office, which was near the windows that displayed all of Tokyo. We sat down. I was distracted by the windows, but I anticipated her response. I thought she was going to say, we don't hire people who stay up all night before a job especially ones who fall for boys who are weirdly unavailable. We hire smart girls that go to sleep on time, drink their favorite tea before bed, and manage their lives properly. But instead, she said, You're hired. What? It was good news. Two trials down, two new jobs, A full week of work, five days accounted for. 
The dream was alive and well. That same month, I returned to Sendai for a close friend's wedding. I cried when I saw them together. It was effortless for them. They were so happy. The great thing about weddings? Non-single friends giving troubled single friends advice. The not-so-great thing about weddings? Getting a foreboding email from your new employer, followed by a FaceTime call that confirmed I was being let go. Actually, we were all being let go. So, that really tall building, that one that hurts to look at if you try to see all of it, I guess I would no longer be going there. And neither would that cool girl that sat next to me on the first trial day. At least now I could definitely tell her about how I had no sleep that first time. I was unemployed again, mostly. The feet that hit the pavement, the same ones that returned me to Sendai, employed and pretty confident, were now heavy and trying really hard not to be scared. Feet can be scared too, you know. The weeks following my return from Sendai were a blur. I had to take up scrolling through Craigslist again. I had to put on suits again, and those dressy shoes that I don't like very much. I had about a dozen interviews, some successful, some not so much. I found myself emailing a girl I had met a couple months before, back when I was bright-eyed and fresh off the train from Sendai. Her name is Tia. She lives in Tokyo. Tia has a dream. Tia has a job. Tia has a dream job. So for the record, um, I am a professional photographer and I work primarily with other entrepreneurs who are trying to build their brand and build their branding power here in Japan and beyond. I don't know, for me, when I, when I first started um, Top, uh, Top Tia, there were moments where, you know, I was definitely thinking, oh my goodness, am I going to be able to support myself? You know, I need to know what to do if something falls through. And so you definitely want to have a, you want to have a choice or you want to have someone to go to for whether or not you might want to bite the bullet and take that English job. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's okay. Um, if you can find something, if you can find a way to still continue what you want to do um, while you're while you're you're doing your passion, um, some people some people some people have different feelings about that. In the sense that you know, yeah, no, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna betray my passion. I'm not gonna you know I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna eat ramen noodles for you know indefinite time and 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 that's okay too you have to look at you have to look at your life situation and i learned that word from reading uh, a book by eckhart tolle called the power of now and you have to look at your life situation and 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 gauge what you can do without and what you can and what you need to to kind of get and i use that for money i use that for relationships i use that for <clears throat> i apply that for anything and so without this going you know on a tangent um to put bluntly yes if you need to get a job go get a job i think it's actually very difficult for an entrepreneur to thrive outside of tokyo 
And uh, if there's if there's a point where people can just say, okay, I'm going to do it and just dedicate your maybe six months to a year of just going boom, 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 mm-hmm. studying, training, whatever industry that you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, when you make it out, start whatever it is you want to start. Get that job. Do that thing. Financially speaking, um, you can do two things at once. And so that's what I did um, just to kind of stay afloat. Um, I wouldn't recommend doing it if you didn't. Um, if you, ha- you have to have some kind of cash flow coming in somewhere, <laughs> um, which is why I never, I never, ever, ever disparage English teachers mm-hmm. because nine times out of ten, that English teacher has a story. They have a goal. They have a passion, and they just need you know a little bit of income, a little bit of of, of an environment to kind of get them ready um, for the next thing. Mm-hmm. That's the story of a lot of English teachers, uh, or a lot of former English teachers here. And a lot of people, it takes a lot of coaxing to get them to to start something and stick with it. And so what helped me was that I had people who were depending on me. I had people looking at me. Um, my business mentor was looking at me. Um, his associate, or his affiliates were looking at me. And so for me, it was, that was my fire, or that was, what, do you, what, is, what is that saying? Feet to the, that was what put my feet to the fire. However that saying goes, <laughs> you guys know what I mean. <laughs> um, but that was my motivation um, to really, really sticking to my schedule, sticking to, to my goals, understanding points of business and entrepreneurship and, um, 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 and photography. Find your people. Find your, people, find your, your the person that will keep you accountable. Mm. So accountability, if you're somebody who, isn't that that self, I don't know what you say, you, you have the passion, but sometimes that passion isn't enough to force you to like get this done at mm. this time. Mm. You need someone to help keep you accountable. Mm. So you definitely want somebody uh, who's related to the industry that you're in or who understands uh, you. Yeah, somebody definitely understands you um, to, to look at things from a fresh uh, perspective or a different perspective. They taught me how to look at the failure as, um, and I said this at the Dream Girls bit, mm-hmm. as a launch pad for success or launch pad for doing something else. And I loved that because I'm someone who's very hard on myself. I'm very competitive. I'm very, um, you know, an in it to win it type of person. And when I started to see the failures kind of pile up and when I started to see the things not working, I should say, um, I was told that if this isn't working, I need to put myself in an environment or I need to change my approach to something that will make it work. Um, I wanted to go to law school when I, since I was 14. And since I was 14, I did internships, I did clubs, debate, mock trial, moot court, all that stuff. And, um, and it was getting close to the wire, and you know, it was just like, okay, LSAT. When I got closer to graduation, I started to have this feeling that, that law school, going to law school wasn't, ex- wasn't, was not exciting me as it had been before. Like I felt this pressure, and the pressure wasn't really good. And I said, okay, well, you know what? I studied abroad a couple times in Japan. I'll go to Japan and, and just wait it out. The point of doubt 
uh, was uh, when I said, you know, what? I'm not sure if I want to go to law school, but I definitely want to continue to take pictures and I definitely want to continue this hobby. I had a boyfriend at the time. And so I, I remember telling my grandparents and telling my, you know, the guy who I was dating, I was like, no, no, it's only going to be a year or, or two years. <laughs> that it was more and and so for them it was just kind of like okay all right she's just gonna do this get it out of her system um it was my journey you know it wasn't a journey that my my parents uh put me on and said go walk this path it wasn't even even the person who i was dating you know we were talking about marriage and we were talking about just our future at that point and it was just like oh wait wait wait, wait. I've got this awesome thing going on right here. I have no idea what's going to happen, but I'm silly and crazy enough to go and explore it. Have there ever been any times like throughout your six years here where you just had this moment of doubt? Like, oh, yeah. I, am I doing the right thing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is also normal, boys and girls. Uh, <laughs> fail, but bounce back quickly. Find something that, that works and that doesn't work. Um, I used to go to restaurants and like try to pitch um, for food for my food photography photos. And um, I did the thing where I would go to 10 and, and with, the, with the understanding that of those 10, one would work. And of, all, of course, all 10 of them didn't work or didn't <laughs> say yes. But of those 10, I learned little key things about what Japanese people and Japanese restaurateurs want and how they see a photo. So you can learn from those kind of failures, take them, write notes, um, analyze it. I mean, really, if you have a failure, don't, feel, don't waste your time feeling bad and feeling emotional about it. Really, really dissect the failure. Really, really see what worked, what you think worked, what didn't work. Um, write it down, write a report, do something, but try to turn it into a teachable moment. I thought there would be a moment when I knew I'd made it, or at least a moment when I felt like I was going in the right direction. But honestly, it's felt like a lot of wrong turns, a lot of meager, less than good decision-making, and a surprisingly familiar feeling of doubt. I was in a basement club somewhere when I met this girl who was going through something very similar. We shared our downward spiral stories. She said something like this. I saw him from the corner of my eye. Without words, he pulled towards me. Strangers said we would make a cute couple, a death sentence on my resolve to never sleep together on the first night. In many ways, we were so similar. He could be my brother. He even looked apart. I felt myself falling rapidly, seeing signs that he may be the one. At least I thought I thought I saw. In many ways, we were so similar. I fell in love. Something I resisted because of the little voice in the back of our minds was either be fear or intuition. Maybe it was both. I didn't want to fall in love because I feared it wouldn't be answered. It probably was that fear that led me to create the outcome I feared so. I want it too much, too fast. Do you know what ghosting is? That's how I responded to my semi-confession of love. He wouldn't answer my messages, I saw him, he would act like everything was fine. That he would text too much, too fast. He didn't, of course. These gestures only fueled my hope, though. Unable to let him go for months. Little did he know 
I went through an emotional crisis, with him being the machinist of my train of thought. These weird texts on the exact moment I let him go would fuck me up even more. But he could smell it when I had just let him go. In my dreams I saw him, and I saw my dream in him. What do you do when your dream, personified, turns up? I wasn't ready. I'm probably still not. But you can let go of your dream. Then you can surely let go of anything, right? My heartbreak is finally receding as I retreat to the other side of the world to lick my wounds. I've learned that pain is just another layer on our hearts. Soil. Once you learn to accept the pain and thank it for the lesson, it turns into love. A new dimension to your being. At least through this painful journey, I learned much about myself. And I found something else of maybe even greater value than what I thought this was or could be. I found a kind of spirit. to accept the pain and thank it for the lesson it teaches us, it turns into love, a new dimension to our being. At least through this painful journey, I learned much about myself, and I found something of maybe even greater value than what I thought this was or could be. I found a kindred spirit. I found a kindred spirit. That night, my depleted funds my endless job search, my inexperience, my doubts. I forgot them when I danced. There is a buzz in my pocket. My phone rings. It's a message that starts that conversation loop in my head again. The world stops for a moment, staggering the pieces that I was trying to hold together. My new friend grabs my arm and pulls me up on stage. I take one last look at my phone and put it away but not before I see the recent email reminding me that I'm still jobless. I put the phone back in my pocket and we dance. As we're dancing, I can already see how this scene plays out in a film or a short story, or even something I'll probably draw about later so that I can feel better. That's when I realize that this is it. This is the Tokyo Glow. Because even when everything feels like absolute shit, the dream is still very much alive. When you go to war or go to battle Keep your wits about you, don't get rattled The cavalry's charging, grab your saddle And if you're scared, hide in my shadow Thank you for listening to Aliens and Moonbeams. A special thanks to my friend Jewels and Gems for the amazing music featured in this episode. A shout out to the amazing Tia for her genuine kindness and wise and genius in all things entrepreneurial and beyond. Thank you to the lovely Florcha for her honest poetry and beautiful recitation. And as always, a huge thanks to the friends and family that make the Tokyo Glow possible. Stay tuned for the next episode. And until then, remember, being an alien can be a human thing too. You are not wrapped in the void. You are not
about the four.